said I had and dreamed of them to come but I only grabbed a few afraid of what was new and unknown and there weren't girls too close to grab and dreams too far to have I didn't know I wanted to taste the wine and I And I'm Alyssa. And I hope that audio track's not too long. <laughs> but this is uh, Autumn Farm Sanctuary. Oh, wait. Oh, shoot. I had one all lined up. Uh, farmers in their pajamas getting coffee. <laughs> What's the deal with that? Oh, okay. <laughs> Get it? Because we're yeah. farmers in our yeah. pajamas. I get coffee. it. It is Sunday morning, December thirty uh, second. What? Sixteenth. Sixteenth. The good year of two thousand eighteen. So I was a little Ching quartet down in uh, Chicago, helping us out with getting us some legal audio. Mm-hmm. Just wanted to start off our first official podcast and uh, hope that everything goes good here and we'll just take it one step at a time. Kind of talk to people about what we do, why we do it, how we do it, and uh, maybe come out on the other end okay. So hopefully this this works out for us. Please silence your phones. <laughs> Nobody ever says that anymore. Like when you go to the theater, they don't, you know... Uh, no, they do. They have the, the little... Like if you're at the movie theater, they have like a whole when we were we, presentation thing for a Christmas present for my parents. You know, we went to the Basilica. Um, they had uh, Milwaukee for this big choir that my great grandpa's uncle started, and uh, I didn't know that. Yeah, Stemper. Um, anyway, so it, I <laughs> there was oh god, a couple hundred people easily, and sure. um, the whole Basilica was filled. Never said anything. Nobody's phone went off. But I was thinking to myself, I, I don't want to be the one guy. So I silenced it. I put it in airplane mode and in theater That's mode. Smart. Why didn't I didn't just turn it off? I don't know. Mm-hmm. But anyway. Sometimes I still get nervous if my phone's turned off that like an alarm will go off though. Well, yeah. Yeah. Or it malfunctions. Mm-hmm. You know, you'd be that one guy. So, yeah. We are rated, by the way, the number one podcast online. We haven't even put this out yet, but we did get a, a rating that we are the number one. So what a grand award! Uh, it was it was pretty intense. I didn't think we'd be able to do it, but um, mm-hmm. and we do have our little kitty, Cougar, who's going to be here. Hi, Cougar Kitten. Helping us out, and yes, we are most definitely in our pajamas, mm-hmm. drinking coffee. So, um, all sorts of things to talk about, and go from there. Okie doke. So we got Miss Piggy. Super fun. And I'm going to try really hard to keep this upbeat because we do, we lose so many animals that we could spend three hours talking about um, animals passing away. 
Um, but yeah, we have a new intake at our sanctuary. She's our first pig, um, permanent resident pig, I suppose. We babysat a pig for a week and he was awesome, but it was a disaster. But that's a whole different story for a whole different day. And I've gosh, got no audio for you. So, Alyssa, do you want to tell people why they didn't hear your microphone for the past 30 seconds? Um, well, because I was trying to be polite while I had my sip of coffee, even though you weren't polite and you did not mute your microphone. Just like that. And so I hit the mute button, and I thought you just held it down when you needed it, and then you let go of it when you didn't need it. And that's not true. You, I just pushed it and muted it for a while. So what did we learn from this experience? Well, that you don't hold down the mute button. <laughs> I just don't use the mute button. We're farmers in our pajamas getting coffee. We're animal rescuers in our pajamas getting coffee. I don't like labels. I find labels to be... Okay, Farmer Joe. So I don't remember what we were talking about. I think we were talking about Miss Piggy, maybe. Mm-hmm. So it's super, super fun. Yeah. I, I, I love having her out there, although she causes more trouble... Than what she's worth. But, but it's uh, super cute trouble. <laughs> she loves pumpkins. She's kind of a little bit of um, a-hole. Mm-hmm. Just to the animals. She really likes people a lot. She's really the sweet. The horses are and, terrified of her. Yeah, when she was sitting there eating pumpkin the other day, all the <laughs> other animals were staring at her from the other side of the paddock. Which is so funny because she's really doesn't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> she could care less. Ah. And they are terrified. Although when I was her. taking pictures of Miss Piggy last night, Annabelle, all of a sudden I felt a presence behind me. And I didn't know. <laughs> I was like, did somebody come here? And I turn around and Annabelle's standing right behind me. It's like she was spying. But Miss like, Piggy is great. She's our first official pig that mm-hmm. I think is going to work out. The last one um, oh, yeah. uh, didn't work out. Yeah, he but was missed by his brother, his donkey. He was a mangalista. That was really mm-hmm. teddy. Which is like cool. a, for 99% of the people that don't know pig breeds. They can Google it. You, they can Google it, but they're very woolly. They're cool. Yeah. Um, let's see. We Thanksgiving came and gone. Mm-hmm. Has come and gone. Mm-hmm. We had a good time. We had the, the Milwaukee vegan potluck, which was awesome. Yeah. That was That's super fun. That's always so fun, and they have really good food. It's cool to see the, the I mean, usually we've got tables at these events, and uh, it's, it's nice to mingle. Mm-hmm. We can sit and chit-chat and catch yeah. up with people you haven't seen in a while and whatnot. Yeah, and then we had um, our Thanksgiving. My parents came over, and that was really, really nice and relaxing, and we didn't find ourselves scrambling or freaking out because tons of people were coming over and it was it was very relaxing really 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 nice didn't uh the fire alarm go off last thanksgiving i think it was last christmas last christmas yeah we were taking my brothers out to see the animals and i believe you had uh lit some uh, i had uh what's that stuff called pete pete ah the pete yes you were from you lit some peat to make it smell good, but apparently it smoldered a little too much. And <laughs> it was all safe. It's just a lot of smoke. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. The and then our smoke depart- 
our smoke detectors are hooked up to a system so that they called the fire department and we were outside so we didn't know my parent my poor parents were inside and they didn't know how to shut everything off so not only <laughs> is the smoke detector going off but also just the home alarm which is extremely loud was going off and yeah oopsies do you have our uh, little guy's monitor yep baby monitor yep. okay yep yep um yeah, so what else we got here? Successful, very successful season of our first Airbnb. Mm-hmm. Our full, first full season. It's uh, We've made more money doing that than anything else. Yeah, and we've, we've had made a more, lot more in... new friends doing yeah. that than anything else. Yeah, we got a lot of great donations through it. Um, and we've gotten a lot more people aware of where, who we are and where we are. And we don't do public tours that much. Um just because I think we're trying to find our niche in it, and the way that we've kind of tried doing it a few times, it's it's difficult. And but this way, it's nice because they can get a little bit more of a personal experience. We first tried big groups where they'd come into the barn and they'd see everything, but it's not super safe when you have yeah. tons of people. And with, you've got people talking over you. Yeah, it's <laughs> super rude. But timing. Okay. Uh, it's good stuff. Uh, yeah. This whole podcast was actually just a setup to do that. We can uh, sell all this equipment and uh, okay. go downstairs. All right. Good. <laughs> Have a good day. Um, where was I? The uh, camper and the tours. Yeah. And uh, it, 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 it has been. We've met a lot of great friends. And I, mm-hmm. I hope that eventually... Uh, we can have it be something where pe- families are coming back for, you know, every year we come and do this one thing, the tradition. And, you know, we, we've got the s'mores perfected and the campfire <laughs> and the coffee, um, the sights, the sounds, the smells, you know. And when it's there's been a few times people have been here while it's raining, uh, but they seem to just mm. have they so much fun. fun. They have a ton of fun. We currently have a five-star rating on Airbnb. Do we really? Good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, I would hope that people wouldn't come here. Yeah, but and... you don't know. I mean, all it takes is one person to do a four-star, and nobody mm-hmm. else leaves ratings. So. Yeah. yeah, we, um, yeah, I was nervous about our last people because we had a little incident with, or no, our second to last people. They were very nice, but they were more so looking for a place to stay in Cedarburg as opposed to... Um, a uh, farm, <laughs> a farm sanctuary, and so, and then our propane tank was oh empty, God. and they didn't have heat, and we didn't it was have a gauge really cold. to know that it was empty. Yeah, so there was a lot of disasters, and it's they a great had... way to advertise it too. <laughs> there was poop that was backed up. No, there wasn't. It was Don't dripping lie. on them at night. None of those things happened. They really just didn't have heat. I wasn't but wearing pants most of the time. That's true. And, but yeah, they, they kind of were giving looks of like, should you, um, should we just go home? We gave then? them a bottle and of wine. That's I gave hush, them hush booze money. and, mm-hmm. and they gave us a five star rating and they were really sweet. And once we got heat, they were fine and it was all good. So, yeah. so we did have, uh, <laughs> um, uh, Looking at my show notes, <laughs> animals got out. <laughs> oh, jeez. 
<laughs> it was poor Donna, our volunteer. I was uh, working on the fence. Our little guy and I. I don't know how that happened. We were working on the fence. And I turned around and everybody was standing in the, the <laughs> front yard. So, um, kitty, cougar. There we go. And um, so, I, you know, I went inside and I got Donna very calmly because you don't want anybody to panic. I said, I need you to help to get everybody corralled back in. And we got everyone in except Scooter, Scooter Tutor. Chased him around, jumped on the four-wheeler, corralled him back in through the opposite end of the barn. But everybody got in without incident. And then I decided, hmm, let's take a look at our uh, security camera. Yeah, it was. So <laughs> my favorite part really... is that you went out there in the morning. Uh-huh. And then all of a sudden, Annabelle was out. Yeah, while I was in the barn. And then you came inside the house and Annabelle went back out. She was waiting for you to come and go. Well, the funny thing is, is so from my perspective of it too, I was in the barn, I was getting everybody fed, the animals were out. And then when I came out to go back inside, I saw that the gate was open and I was like, oh crap. So I shut the gate and I looked in the paddock. I made sure I counted all the mammals. Everybody was in. So it's like, okay, we're fine. I must have just forgotten to shut it last night. And thankfully, nobody's noticed it. <laughs> <laughs> and then I just went inside and went about my day. And, and yeah, apparently they somehow reopened it immediately <laughs> after and just hung out outside all day. Just all day. That was that was a pretty cute little series of pictures. We should post that online so people can see. We them. definitely should. Um, yeah. So then uh, they they were coming and going though. That's mm-hmm. the part that I don't understand how they did that. Yeah. That they were able to come and go, and um, without anybody noticing. Yeah. All day. <laughs> <laughs> and it was, as someone would go in the barn, one of them would come out. And they're like, oh, shit, they're walking to the door. Quick, everybody back in. And then they all go back in the paddock. We would be outside, commiserating, walk away. Then, all right, everybody go back out. So, but so that is funny. the reality of what we do. It's not. Um, yeah, when you have a lot of, you know, it's a little different than just having some pets and. And we've actually not had that problem in a long time where animals have gotten out, out. But um, the the only other time was, was when cute. we first moved in. Yeah, they, and they pushed down a goddamn wall. Yeah, you know. Um, so uh, I'm trying to think. That's that's about it there. All right. Goodbye. <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> This is our first one. You got There's, there's got to be a little. There's a learning curve here. Mm-hmm. Um, other fun stuff. Uh, we, you know what? Let's let's throw in some sadness. We got We. I think it's important to talk about it. Because yeah. um, again, that is the reality of farming. You like that transition? We were just talking about the reality of farming. Here you go again. Um, we're a hospice care for animals, for farm animals, and mm-hmm. we we do lose um, a lot of animals. Over sixty animals we've lost. Oh, so yeah, easily. Do the do the math that comes out to every few weeks. Somebody's um, somebody passes away. Mm-hmm. A week ago today, it was not that anybody's more important, but we did lose one of our kitties, Finn. Yeah, he was so, unexpected, he was and he was 
had a bowel obstruction, and um, so you obviously have to do surgery to remove that. Um, otherwise, he would have passed away, and he um, unfortunately actually died from complications after the surgery. He had some. He had developed a few, several blood clots. I think his story is an interesting um, <laughs> something that we get a lot of questions about. Is is how, Finn? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> he was an anomaly. Um, open up a, open up the clothes chute, slide down the clothes chute into the basement, run upstairs, go through the clothes chute again. He he was he, he was cool. loved doing that. He yeah. loved eating vegetables. He would steal <laughs> mushrooms and peppers mostly. And curl um, his little nose. Yeah. Um, but uh, is how, how do you know when to put an animal down? And the lucky part we had with Finn was that he uh, passed away during a routine exam, but unfortunately his heart started back up, so we still had to make the decision to have him put down. But then by the time we had come into the room to say goodbye, he had passed on his own. So it still was... Yeah, that was... you. you, I mean, it was tragic, but we feel lucky that we didn't have to second-guess if we yeah. do the right thing, but a well, lot no, of the he, times... I think they, they they still did do euthanasia. His sure? heart had already stopped. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, but that that was... It's hard. It, it's... Um, how do you know, for especially for a sanctuary, where if we lived back in the city and we had uh, the financial means to spend... Thirty thousand dollars on an animal. It's like, oh, yeah, okay, you know, a million dollars. Okay, who cares? But the reality is that um, an animal that you spend that money on, that money could go towards the greater good, and you're yeah. extending a life by a few days for how much? So now you have to put a monetary amount on. On life, and yeah, it's, it's and hard. I think it's what really, we really, really, really hard. We try to look at it as what what is going to be the outcome, and and I I try to, and I know they say like don't humanize your animals and blah 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 blah, but I look at it in the sense of like if I were going through these things at whatever stage in life they are, like Finn, we were absolutely ready to do it because he was roughly 35 years old if he would have been a human. So um, if I were at 35 years old needing a surgery, a life-saving surgery right that, like that, I would absolutely do it. And you can't prevent that complications will happen, and that's just the risks of surgery. And that's why humans and animals, you know, that's why we have to sign waivers for that kind of stuff. Um, but that puts a huge, but, huge gray area. There is no science that says, yeah, no. like, oh, okay, the, the, time, the right? animal is this old with this degree. Yeah. Yes, do this. It's Yeah, I feel like we've been, I'm, I'm glad to know, and I feel comforted knowing for us, we've always euthanized when there was either very clearly, especially with our, our hens and everything, they tend to hide their symptoms so much until they're really, really bad. And um, and sometimes we've had birds where they just, you know, they're they're sick for a while, and then they're you think they're going to bounce back, and um, but 
a lot of the times it's like, okay, it's very clear that there's something that's not going to be able to be reversed at this point. Um, but yeah, otherwise like our sheep and our goats, they've been in the very final stages of their lives. They've been very, very elderly. Um, and so I always look at it as if I was that age, if I was 90 years old and for sure in a lot of pain and I couldn't eat anymore and there wasn't really, you know, would I want somebody to be like, well, let's just try this, you know, chiropractic work and some, um, all these little treatments or I'd just be like, you know what? I, I live my life. I'm, I'm old. I'm tired. Yeah. You know? And, and if you, if you, if you make that decision yourself, it's as I feel he did, you know, so we're going to pull ourselves out of that. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, I think it's going to be a reoccurring theme that we, mm-hmm. um, I do want to talk about because I think I think it's uh, irresponsible to just make this a rosy red picture, mm. you know. Yeah, well, and we also lost Sweet Pea the same weekend, mm-hmm. and um, she was one of our hens that, um, and and I don't want to breeze over just because I, I you know it's like oh well she's just a chicken, but I think because it was really really sad to to see she had passed away in her sleep, but it was a little more expected because she did have cancer. We knew that it was. Um, advanced stage cancer. Um, we were, we were still able to give her pain medication to help, you know, ease that discomfort. Um, and she was still eating and drinking, but she was, she was sick. And as many sick people and animals are, it, it's, and I gotta say to again, and not not that we want to extend this part of the show out and depress the hell out of everybody around the holidays, but um, we are fortunate that we're able to call our vet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have, and we can we've got their cell phone numbers, cell and we can say, hey, we're at the hospital. Here's you know the animals, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. What would you do? And even with our sheep, we're lucky with our farm vet. Um, while they are, I, I think there's a stereotype that, oh, it's a farm vet. They're probably going to be very crude people. And, well, and there are some that are, that are very, well, I'm sure there are. um, like when crusty. I tried to give her a hug and yeah, she Dr. shrilled. Karen is amazing, but she, <laughs> she is, um, she's not a bleeding heart. She, I, thought, I, thought she, I was so happy. I gave her, so do, you, do you mind if I give you a hug? She recoiled in horror. And she literally shrieked. She's not a hugger. I love her to death. But, um, but then Dr. Heather, who works at the same clinic, is a lot more warm and fuzzy, and I think I give her a hug every time I see, see her. And so. that's, we're, we're able to say, you know, okay, so with this animal, what do you think? Well, you've done this. You've maxed out meds. Let's, let, let, let's, let's make a time. And then they're able to come back when the volunteers are here and want to say mm-hmm. goodbye. So there's, um, if, if you don't have a good vet, you shouldn't have an animal. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's how do you make these decisions on your own? Yeah. You know, so we're going to pull ourselves out of that foxhole and we're going to talk about. Huh? Um, Jesus. What? <laughs> Come on. It's very punny, honey. 
Um, <laughs> oh, crap, I'm not that good at puns. Um, well, you just, you, you sought me okay. up on mine, and I... Found... All right, well, anyways... What um, was your pun uh, yesterday that you kept on with our little guy? Oh! How much, Alyssa, <laughs> okay. do you know how much the Earth weighs? Well, the Earth weighs six yatagrams. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, I would have to say that's a yatagrams. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, shoot. Oh, no. iTunes said we're not allowed to be on podcasts anymore. It was too bad of a pun. No, it's so funny. Oh, no. Now the Internet's not letting us on either. But I'm sorry, but we're full. In all seriousness, a yada is oh, one million, 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 I think, grams. Oh, you know somebody's just flipping out right now mm-hmm. for the two people that are listening. I was going to say. <laughs> My mom no, that can barely no hear and your mom that doesn't know where it is. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, so yeah, the uh, back back to it though. We do have a fox. Saw him last night run through the property when our little guy woke up from a bad dream and uh, walked past a window, saw a little bastard just run run through outside through the paddock trying to catch them and we're doing everything we can Mm -hmm. but it's um yeah and we um (laughs) it's hilarious (laughs) we had to pause for a second because we got um slipped up no i I think that this will be this will make it better we'll see we'll see how much better this is really weird but Mm -hmm. Continuing on with that conversation. That conversation never happened. Um, we never paused what we were talking about. But this, so we've got we've got five fox traps on the property, uh, and uh, our awesome neighbor Al helped us build, custom build a bigger one that uh, got tore apart by uh, Bigfoot one night. (laughs) So I don't know what happened with that. Um, build that. But yeah, he's yeah the the fox that we've seen is really sick. Um, we want to take him up to our friend up at Pine View Wildlife to get him rehabbed. And I I've several times over the years seen sick foxes. It seems like there's that's unfortunately a thing that happens. But um, well, it's a, we're, I mean we're in we've got nine acres, but we're in a very urban area mm-hmm. surrounded by subdivisions. Yeah, um, they yeah, so cannot not the... get. I don't think they get their adequate uh, food that they're used to. So they're eating, true. you know, a lot of garbage and stuff like That's that. That's true. And, and then you couple that with the sad part of when somebody builds a house there, mm-hmm. usually that wildlife leaves. Yeah. But and that's why we love our property because we have this nine acres and, and we're a sanctuary to, like, we have so many everyone. deer that come through and it's really neat. And we have in um, our cemetery area, um, we've, there was like a couple, like a month or so ago, you called me when I was on my way home from work mm. and there was like mm-hmm. a huge buck, Sleeping which we see a lot of does, but yeah, not as many bucks. And we've got, we've had, when we first moved in, we had a buck and then right. it's been a couple of years, but every night we have deer that come through, a family of raccoons mm-hmm. constantly trapping possums. <laughs> 
Oh my goodness. They're so cute. Oh my God. Yeah. When people (laughs) complain about possums and say they're gross and ugly and mean, and no, they are not. They are the cutest little beady eyed babies. And you. (laughs) They just open their mouths and that's all they're trying to. Yeah. They're like trying to hiss at you. And it's so cute. And I just want to squeeze them all. They're so adorable. Um, Got a couple house cats that we've trapped. Yeah. We have a lot more wildlife than what I thought we would. Yeah. But we are that sanctuary. We're the we're this well, we nine sure acre we... farm in the middle of the subdivision. Yeah. And we give, you know, we make sure that we provide peanuts and corn for the wildlife and um and then we have our field that they can kinda of hang out in. We'll get a ton of geese. Um that talk to Lumby. Yeah. That's one of the so coolest things here. Outside like the, and you hear a flock of geese. And Lumpy will be in the paddock and he's like trying to look out at them and everything. And it's it's so sweet. And um, yeah, it's it's pretty neat to see that and know that everybody's safe. And So we got one more thing and then we're going to go into a different kind of segment of the, of the yes. podcast. Uh, we've got an awesome Christmas present. For everyone mm-hmm. to buy for everyone else. Yes. And uh, it is soap. Yes. Because somebody had thought that we're extremely dirty people. And the only no, way that they could no, get us to no. bathe proper. No, is... not at all. It's um, Perennial Soaps is a company based out of Racine. It's a small, um, uh, it's a small, small company. And um, she... Um, yeah, they they contacted well, she, us. She's always we we've bought their chapstick before. Yeah, uh, whenever they're at the vegan events, and yeah, she. Mm, she I'm c- huffing the soap right now. It smells <laughs> so good. Did um, you do that when you were a young young? A youngin? Mm-hmm. No, not really. <laughs> but I love it. It smells really good. My chapstick that I got from her is a uh, pancake. And it does smell like pancakes. It's oh, so great. And my God. She was gracious enough. Um, Erica was gracious enough to send us uh, a four more, some another pancake one, and we got a mojito one, and we got a pink lemonade, um, pink lemonade and lavender mint, and they all smell phenomenal. And our soap, which is a rainbow soap, um, it kind of matches our logo and we like but that it, it kind of gives. Logo. Oh, the colors. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And then yeah, it yeah. also we like it because we like to promote LGBT pride. So um, there's that second part of it. But the scent is called Field Day, and it it's just a really fresh and energizing scent. Um, usually, I like more spicy scents, but that's how good this scent is. Is mm-hmm. I'm obsessed with it. I think it smells. so 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 good and it's i think one of the coolest parts too is um 100 of the profits from this bar will be donated to autumn farm sanctuary yeah so and then it's even got autumnfarmsanctuary.com and i think it's it's cool that uh it's a five ounce bar palm oil free handcrafted vegan woman owned um i think it's it's really cool really really neat that um it's a great company, and if you're in the Racine area, she did just open up a storefront. Yes. 
So be sure to check it out. Um, we have not had the opportunity to get down there yet because we don't go anywhere any time in our lives. <laughs> so this will be a fun but, thing to see if, one, if we get the podcast out and two, if my family listens and your family. But we were uh, going to get soap for everybody, too, for mm-hmm. Christmas gifts. So we got to place our order. Yeah. Because that's going to be a lot of soap. Yeah. But, yep, 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 yep. So... So buy the soap. It's great. Perennialsoaps.com, I think. If you're dirty like if you're dirty like us, mm-hmm. it, it's yes, it's, perennialsoaps.com. Go there. Perfect. So I'm gonna move into a new segment. A I new segment you. on our first episode. <laughs> <laughs> Unlike our old <laughs> <whole> episodes. <laughs> We're running out of coffee here, by the way. Um uh, so I, I, I'm, I think people are curious about not only how we do this and why we do it, um, but more of the, if you were to write a book, you know, the, the middle of it where you're not going to be talking about necessarily like, oh, here's all the fun things and what you're doing today, you know, but, um, the behind the scenes of your your personal life. So I have a question, a couple of questions for you. Mm-hmm. And these are surprise questions. This is, yeah. I don't know. It's... They've been combed through the ether of my brain. Um, what, sh- what shaped you in your life to do this? What shaped me? Yeah. What, what, what oh. was it that when you were... You know, I mean, I, I know obviously I can answer answer these questions, but, um, you know, for myself, my own life. But I, I don't know if <clears throat> I don't know if I've, I've ever been married and together for a long. You've never interviewed long, me. Long time. But I've never interviewed you. <laughs> Go figure. <laughs> but was there something I mean, when we met? We both loved animals. Mm-hmm. We became vegetarian. We became vegan. We got mm-hmm. chickens. We had the farm. It was very organic. Mm-hmm. But I feel like there, sh- there, there was something that at some point in your life you, I don't know, did something. Yeah. Met someone. I. Or not. <laughs> nah. <laughs> whatever. I don't even like this that much. Um, no, I. Oh, gosh, I've for as long as I can remember, I've always loved animals. I've always been when I was really little, we lived in a duplex and we weren't uh, my parents weren't allowed to have uh, cats or dogs as pets. And so we had fish when we were really little um, in an aquarium, which, you know, um, that was actually like I, I really enjoyed them a lot. Um, we had a few birds. Um, we had two finches and a cockatiel and um and then actually the finches uh laid eggs at one point uh the the mother one did and then they uh, we kept two of the boys and then um we had some friends that took the other babies um which psa that's not a responsible thing to do but whatever this was the 80s Um, but yeah, so we had Thor, um, for many, many, many years. Um, I had him until I was in high school when he passed away and he was definitely my buddy and he gave me my love of birds. We had a very close bond 
And um, I remember as a small child, um, when we were still living in Madison, uh, my mom's friend, uh, she had a lot of cats and her one of her cats had kittens and uh, one was rejected by the mother. So she had to bottle feed her um, and her... Her name was, um, what was her name? I want to say it was Squeakers, but it, it was something, <laughs> Squeakers. Al- it was something along those lines, That's but now mean. I can't. No, cause she was like, <laughs> so she squeaked. I want to say it was, maybe it was Squeakers, but yeah, but she was a really good cat. Um, and I helped, uh, bottle feed her as a little girl and it was the coolest experience for me cause I felt like I was nurturing this little helpless being and how old were you um i would have been about seven or eight i think and um so that was like my first time giving like kind of more extensive care to an animal um but yeah i always wanted i loved playing with toys that were animals i just i wanted animals around me all the time and so um and then in adulthood, when our cat Meekert was in hospice care, when she had renal failure, um, that kind of was our first time really jumping back into did, hospice care for Did animals. you ever want to do anything like this? Um, at, I, you know, even at, at this level. Specifically. I don't think I specifically did. I guess I, I hadn't really thought about it. I mean, I think I always wanted animals, but I had so many different times in my life though. Like when I was in high school, I thought I was going to be, I wanted, I was very passionate with music and singing and I wanted to be an opera singer living in New York when I was in high school. So that wouldn't have really worked out well to <laughs> rescue farm animals. Um, so yeah, cause there's no farm rescues that are successful in New York. No, well, not in New York city. <laughs> Although I probably could have had some house chickens and I would have been fine. But, um, yeah, so I, yeah, there was, I mean, I had different periods in my life that I would have, maybe I didn't think about it as much, but I always, I mean, even going to friends' houses, I always wanted to find their animals and pet their dogs and obsess over their pets, even though we had our own pets at home. And so. I think it's easy to, to, for kids growing up to see cats and dogs, but it's the, Mm. The other ones that are... Yeah, I was always really afraid of horses. I thought they were really cool. I remember when we were kids, I would go... We'd go hiking and I would... Because kids play make-believe a lot. I would always pretend that I had a horse with me and I would pretend to hold her bridle and walk her through the woods with me. (laughs) How old are you? 17. Uh, (laughs) No, I was probably like four. Um, But yeah, I would... would, I'm picturing a four-year-old walking with Tofa. (laughs) well in my mind this horse was my size so uh it was a very tiny tiny horse (laughs) um that's awesome yeah what about you what do you mean did i did i ever walk with a fake horse that was the size of a cat Mm -hmm. at four years old yeah why no um no what what uh for me it was there, there are two things one my grandma um uh, was no, when my mom was little, it was known in the neighborhood. They grew up, grew up in uh, the Glendale area, uh, north, a little bit north of Milwaukee by just a few minutes. 
and um, still in Milwaukee, I think that is. And uh, the neighborhood would bring injured bunnies to my grandma. I didn't know that. Yeah, and hmm. she would, you know, recondition them and rebuild them to better versions. Bionic bunnies. <laughs> and then let them, let them go. So my mom grew up with, uh, you know, having this miraculous touch in the house to, you know, bring, bring life back in into something. And, um, it, it, there was always in the, my back of my mind, it's like, oh, man, I, I want to do that. You know, that, that'd be really cool. And then when I was in grade school, uh, Gene Lord, who is, uh, has the local um, wildlife sanctuary, Pineview mm-hmm. Wildlife Sanctuary, she came to our school and she had some animals. I don't know if raccoons, possums, who knows what she would have brought. Mm-hmm. Um, she showed them to the class. And then afterwards, she said, I need some volunteers to help me bring these animals back out to her car. And uh, she picked me, and I got to, I don't remember if I carried them or opened doors or whatnot, but I remember she had a a red station wagon. (laughs) (laughs) And we loaded them up, and I thought she was like a superhero. Um, (laughs) So when when we had the opportunity to do this, I, I contacted her, as you know. But the listeners obviously don't. <laughs> so I contacted her and said, all right, Jean, uh, I haven't seen you in 30 years, but um, here's here's what we're doing, why we're doing it, you know, and thank you for instilling this in me that there, there's a, something that I have to do to help. And um, she said, of course, because she's amazing, she said, there's nothing in you. Oh, boy, I messed it up. There is... There's nothing that I... Yeah. I said, thank you for lighting the flame in me. And she said, I I didn't do anything that wasn't already there. That's 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 I even jokingly said, of course you're going to say that. So (laughs) um, those those two things really, for me, shaped, you know, that there's something in... um, I don't want to say every human or anything like that, but I think there's something in humanity that touches us to the ground um, other than gravity. Um. (laughs) Yeah, I think there's something very therapeutic about being part of, I mean, nature and, um, and I mean, not that farm animals are part of nature per se, or even pets and everything, but just... But it is connected because we're all living and we're all the the same. The number one thing found at the deepest, most farthest away places in our known universe. The number one elements found. I'm ninety nine percent sure carbon. Number one thing found in us carbon. I believe. Shoot. I. Is. Number two found in the deepest parts of the of space, and I I think it's a top three. Hydrogen, or I believe so. Um, I would say oxygen's the next one. <laughs> there's there's no oxygen out there. Plutonium. <laughs> let's just pretend. Anyway, I you you. It's it's hard to say that. I am so important that I should become president of a bazillion people and tell everybody what to do and why to do it and how to do it and make decisions for people. 
when there's so much more going on. I mean, it's that pale blue dot theory. Mm-hmm. Um, it, and it's, it is very humbling that people in New York City, wherever in the world, if anyone ever listens to this, <laughs> you know, you've got places like New York City where they still have Central Park. And which we've mm-hmm. walked through a bazillion times. And um, you can be a part of nature just by standing outside mm-hmm. and just having the, the, the clouds above you. Um, but we're so fortunate to, I feel we're fortunate. Talk to somebody who lives in New York City. <laughs> they might think we're not. Your house so was you... wood? Yeah. <laughs> and you keep the thermostat at what? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, okay. Question number deuce. Mm-hmm. Um, where is your gray area for being vegan? Because it's easy to say. Oh, I see what you're you've saying. You've got. You don't buy leather. You don't eat meat. You don't eat eggs, cheese, right? But somebody gives you a leather product. Or you're going through your closet from 20 years ago and you find a, a non-vegan thing. Yeah. Or, uh, you yeah. know, it's an accidental thing of beeswax, mm-hmm. honey. You know, you're drinking a cup of coffee at uh, one place or another and find out they accidentally put honey in yeah. it. Where yeah. is your gray area for saying, oh, God, this, this, I, I can't, I have to stop right it's- now. Well, or uh, it, it's not ideal, but driving, and here's another one, driving down the street, the insects that get squished on uh, the windshield, yeah, there's, walking through the yard. Okay. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's not, um, there's, there's definitely no way somebody could be, you know, 100% vegan in that sense of like, but at the same time, the original, the definition of veganism is... Can you, there we oh, go. there we go. Sorry. Um, turn yourself. The, turn your the, whole body. I know, but I, my butt was getting <laughs> sore. There we go. Now um, people can hear you. Okay. <laughs> That's a nice part about a podcast. Um, so, uh, where was I? Um, the gray area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, there's there's no way you can be 100% cruel. T- no, there isn't. Because, like you said, I mean, dry, I mean even when you there drive. Are, there are monks. There are monks that are able to live their life. Because they view the worms could be a reincarnated well right but it's like you could accidentally eat a spider in your sleep so you know okay. there's True. there's True. there's no way you can 100 with 100 certainty know that you're never ever ever harming a sentient being but um you do the best you can and and the true definition of veganism and i'm not going to get the right wording it has to do with the fact that you um create as little harm as possible to sentient beings in your lifestyle so um so like my my winter coat that I have I bought years ago and it's a a wool coat and when I bought it I didn't I think I was actually even vegan when I bought it but it was just something that I hadn't really thought of was um the wool industry and 
Um, so somebody could say like, well, then you weren't vegan then, but it's like, well, I'm, you know, I, I, I was intending on living my life in that way. And, and had I known what I know now, I wouldn't have. Um, but, and, and that's where I think too, people get afraid to try veganism because they think it's too hard and they think it's too, um, you know, it's, it's, it's just way too difficult to, um, make that transition because there's so many things to think about and yeah, there are, but I, I try not to get too hung up on those kinds of things. I do have, I have bought secondhand leather goods, like my, my boots that I wear for work are secondhand, um, vintage leather boots and it's, it's a, that's a definite big gray area. My, thought process on it when I bought those boots which was years ago I was vegan when I bought them but I wonder how would you have done it today I don't know because well so my thought process well probably not only because so this was when I bought them this is what I needed to have good quality shoes for work I'm a hairdresser I stand on my feet all day these are fry brand which is a really good quality brand made in America they too? were yeah okay. these were made yeah. in I mean the boots that I bought were from like the 70s and so they're they're old and um and and that goes to show that unfortunately leather is very durable um and they're still in great shape and I felt that I can get these resold um when we have a great cobbler in town um when the when the bottom wears out and so my my thought process was is these are going to last me longer than buying synthetic leather boots that are going to wear down they're made out of plasticky material that is Bad not as it's bad for the environment. They're gonna wear it down, and I'm gonna have to buy new ones made by sooner. Children. Yeah, they're made. They they're I you know. But since then, since I bought those ones, there have been great strides made, and that's the really cool thing about the vegan movement right now is it is getting so much more attention, and there's so many more products out there, and I found um, really sustainably made. Um, now, some of those, there's like, there was one company that I saw that has these really cool sustain. They make leather out of like mushrooms and all these kinds of things. And it's amazing. Oh my God, but that's awesome. They're like five or $600 for a <laughs> pair of like sneakers. So it's like, okay, well, that's, that's a little out of my price range right now. So I can't do that. And so then what is the next best thing? Do I go for like plastic shoes or do I go for secondhand leather or do I, you know, but so, yeah, I think right now I, right now I'm just going to live with my boots and yeah, I've been wearing the exact same pair of boots for the past like five years. And I'm sure people are like, oh, I lost those boots again, but whatever. They're still working. Um, no, I don't love that they are made from a cow. I don't love that at all. Do but you, Do you think you would, you assume they're made from, I bet you they're not. What do you think they're made out of then? Goat? Cool. I don't want to think about it. Yeah. yeah, I don't want to think. I don't want to think about the. Do you, would you buy them today? Obviously not new, but I mean, uh, if somebody stole them, lost them, or whatever, would you buy another pair? <sighs> I don't know. It's tough. I think it's each person can answer that in their own. Yeah. 
And I don't think that I, you know, and it, it's hard because I, I don't want to give the impression to people too, that I went out and bought these new, um, but, and I've ha- heard people make the argument of like, well, you wearing leather or wool gives people the, you know, they might see that and be like, well, I really like her outfit or I really like her shoes. I want to get shoes like that. But it's like, well, you're not going to be able to get these exact like fits because they're fake fur. old. Around a jacket, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, no, the jacket was $20. It's fake fur. Yeah. You yeah. know, but. But at the same time right now, like there's those yeah. Canada goose jackets that are really popular that are made from real fur. And I know people that are vegetarian. I Well, I know I've seen people that are vegetarian that wear those. And it's like, oh, you don't know what that's. And I think and that's, people aren't informed. I mean, we. we you know, another aspect of that is when you go out to eat with a friend or family mm-hmm. and they want to have meat. It's so uncomfortable. It's and, very and, uncomfortable. Yeah. And there's there's people that have uh, there's a thing called the liberation pledge that a lot of people take that they say that they're that they've made a stance to say, if you want to eat with me and you eat meat. You need to eat, but at least vegetarian, but if I, not vegan I, around me. I think it's worth noting that it's not for you to judge those people that are eating meats or wearing leather. It's it's not for 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 us to judge them, but for education mm-hmm. aspects of it. Or if somebody were to, you know, wanting to eat meat, it's I. I I try to excuse myself out of that mm-hmm. situation so I don't put myself, so I don't go to, you know, a place where somebody's got a... a like wing night a, or something. Right. Yeah. And and I have gone to wing night not knowing... Um, that it was. That, that it was. Yeah. And it, it's, it's terribly uncomfortable. Yeah. That's um, the hard thing is like, you don't want to, I mean, I don't, I don't like to be a preachy person and I don't want to make people feel badly because I think that that also gives us the stereotype that we're just difficult and we're angry and we're pushy and rude and everything. But, but it does make me feel uncomfortable. And, and I've had like at work, um, one of my coworkers said, um, she'd picked up a rotisserie chicken cause I think she had like a really long day at work. So she was like, well, I can you know, eat this throughout the day and bring it home for the leftovers. And, um, and it made me really uncomfortable and, and she's the sweetest person and she never would have. And, and so I saw it and I just, I walked out of the room cause I just, I, but I didn't want to make a fuss over it because at the, especially at that time I was new at the salon I'm working at. And I, it's like, I don't want to, I, I like this person and I don't want them to think I'm a jerk. And she actually came to me like a week or so later and asked like, oh, do you ever get uncomfortable when we're eating meat around you? And I said, yeah. And and like I said, she's super sweet. And and I said, "Um, you know, like when it's kind of hidden in the food or whatever, where it's not really obvious, I I just try not to think about it because I don't want to force that Mm kind of stuff on you guys. But but I said, but I'll be honest, like. You know, when you had that rotisserie chicken the other week, like it was, I, I couldn't see it just because it made me really sad. And she's never once done that again. And she was like, oh my gosh, like, I'm so sorry. I didn't even think about that. And I think that the super sad part is that it's just a, an, an animal lost, lost its life for four hours 
Yeah. Of for like, you feeling filled up. Right. Whereas, or sometimes even, yeah, like. You know, wearing wearing leather, it's like, <laughs> you know, I mean, it, it's like, like your boots that are so old. I mm-hmm. mean, it's, it's, it's hard to say, like, I just. It's just, it's just like it's such a it's such a American consumption. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's such a. It's easy to disconnect yourself from and, it. And I I I'll, I mean yeah I've got my iPhone right here and that's an American consumption that that I've helped push. Mm-hmm. Um, now thankfully, uh, they're moving to made in America stuff. Apple is doing mm-hmm. a little bit more made in America stuff, but still it's a it's just such a culture that is pushing this thoughtless consumption mm-hmm. you know of of more 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 right now we're trying to sell our truck i think because of that i i feel that we've gotten to a level of convenience consumption mm-hmm. that like so when i well, went to I... the basilica the other night yeah I, you know when we're leaving go on my phone start the truck get out to the truck it's nice and warm and that that is cool but um it's it's just not needed. Yeah. It's a it's it's unnecessary. It's 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 in excess. Well, and and our intentions were good getting our truck because we got, um, we were like, well, it's our only vehicle, and I mean, we have a an old envoy that I kind of drive when you need the truck and everything, but otherwise, but we can't really take it very far just because it's not very reliable. Um. But yeah, we we did get a little bit nicer of a truck. Too nice. We but it's nice yeah, it was truck. you know, and truth be told, we were we were kind of rushed into getting it. Our our son was about a month old and he was born premature and so we were, you know, he was we, he had a lot of stuff going on at that point. Our other truck was kind of starting to show signs of issues, so we just wanted to move quickly and we wanted something reliable. We wanted something safe, so it's like, okay, let's get the top of what we can afford because it'll be the safest and the best but now it's like yeah no we didn't need that nice and and you know and we're dumping all this money into it and now we're looking at trading that into getting some a small sedan i'm gonna get my old beater and i'm gonna get my little mom station wagon and i'm super excited for my station are you gonna get a manual i'm gonna get a manual i love driving manual it's so fun and so i'll still feel cool um i'll be the cool mom with my manual car do we have time for one more question sure okay this is gonna be like a 30 part question oh (laughs) the most annoying questions asked to a vegan oh gotcha where do you get your protein from uh, same place gorillas <laughs> do. Um, plants. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. I've, I was talking to somebody the other day and it's a, a client of mine that, and I feel badly cause I don't, I, again, I don't, I never want to push veganism and I never want to be that annoying person. And I even told her, I said, I, 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 I've brought it up to her several times, but I said, but I only am doing this because I said, take it as a compliment because I don't do this for everybody, but you are an open-minded person. And I think that you would really benefit from being vegan. And I think you would be good at being vegan Mm -hmm. um but yeah she was saying that she was wanting to work out more and she's like well you know like i'm concerned about the protein and she was um also concerned about the soy which and i i get a lot of people are told and and from medical doctors that um you know there's it could affect your estrogen levels and all this stuff and 
from what I've read, that's been debunked. And it from what I've also read, that a lot of those claims came from um, studies put on by the meat industry. So I think they were trying to... No. I know. The meat industry wants us to buy more meat? Yes. They're conspiracy... Oh, my God. I can't talk. Conspiracy theories. But, um, yeah, so... There we go. Uh, sorry, I like to look around when I'm talking. Um, so, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I, I, it is annoying. Yeah, Don't yeah. Ask so a the, vegan, where do you get your protein from? Yeah, like, they're going to trump us. Right. And then be yeah. oh, my God, I forgot I didn't get my protein. Yeah, I'm sorry, I'll I died. Eat some meat. Last, yeah. Yeah, and honestly, like, I, we've been vegan for, gosh, nine years or so. And, um, I don't think about it too much, you know. And like I did, just kind of make sure, like, yeah, I had, got something in there. We, you had uh, some medical things done years ago, and I remember they had to measure all your levels. Yeah, that's right. And they said your protein was, was perfect. absolutely perfect. So, and yes, yeah. okay. So it's, here's another absolutely amazingly intelligent, very insightful question: mm-hmm. If you're going to eat fake meat. Why don't you just eat the real thing? <laughs> because I didn't become vegan because I hated the taste of meat. Because I liked the taste of meat. I liked the taste of chicken nuggets and burgers. But I didn't want to eat animal bodies anymore. That's so, so obnoxious. Yeah. It's or like, the other fun one. Hmm. Plants have feelings too. Yeah. <laughs> they also don't have central nervous systems. And plus, and with that... Um, I actually, I was listening to a podcast from, um, there was like this, I don't know. I was like, I think I subscribed to it because he had something about some subject, but then I just realized that he was like a kind of douchey billionaire that was very self-congratulatory all the time. And it was annoying. But, um, one time he had said something, he was like, well, (laughs) I like to ask vegans because they think that, you know, they're not hurting animals, but I would argue that they're actually killing more because of all the field mice and the bugs that are killed (laughs) in plant farming. And my counterpoint to that is when you're eating meat, how do you think those animals got so big from eating plants, which, and then... And they ate a lot more plants in order to get to the size that they were when you could have just used those yeah. much less to Isn't feed more people. So, right. yeah. Here's Anyways. Another good one. Mm-hmm. I've never heard this before, but okay. uh, maybe because uh, it might not apply to me. Why aren't you skinny? Oh, <laughs> yeah, that is. <laughs> yeah, you've never gotten that question, I don't think, ever in your I can't life. believe somebody would actually be that rude. I actually had somebody say to me once. Really? She said, she said, she said, don't take this the wrong way because I I don't think that you're big at all. But she's like, how are you not just like a stick? Because chips are vegan. Well, not all chips. Beer and Oreos. You don't have to be. um, Yeah, you you can you can be a junk food vegan. and because there's a lot of different reasons become, people become vegan, and, and most of it is for the animal rights aspect of it, and and all those fake meats and things like that. A lot of them contain a lot of oil in them. Um, 
Yeah, you can still eat um, unhealthy stuff. Uh, my weight usually fluctuates. I don't have the hummingbird metabolism that Brandon has. So I do have to keep myself in check. Otherwise, I put on weight easier. So, um, yeah, so I, I do. I And I love sweets a lot. So, so you're not going to throw that question back at me? <laughs> no. Shut up. <laughs> Seven feet tall, 80 pounds. Yeah, yeah. Um, my little string bean. You know, I had to suffer through trying to find pants that fit me. So I've got my own problems mm. going on here. Mm. You know how hard it is to be the persecuted struggle. in the struggle that I go through. Of being a healthy body weight male yeah. in America. And yeah. I'm I'm white too, so it's really a lot hard. of problems <laughs> that you face. Would, oh God! If only we had a president that could, you know, be more familiar with my personal struggles. Bold movers. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next question: How can people help us? You can help in so many ways. Buy soap. You can buy soap. Yes, and but not and just any soap. Perennial soaps. Field day. Don't just go and buy soap and tell friends yeah. and family that you're helping us. I bought some Dove soap today at the <laughs> yeah. grocery store. It's Irish Spring. It's amazing. Uh, yes. Go to perennialsoaps.com. Go to the Perennial Soap storefront. If you're at a vegan fest and Perennial Soaps is there, buy from them. Go buy the Autumn Farm Sanctuary Field Day Rainbow Bar. It's beautiful. It smells great. Buy it. You can also go to our website, autumnfarmsanctuary.org, and you can donate. You can do a one-time donation. You can go to our Patreon. It is patreon.com slash autumnfarmsanctuary. You can become a member and uh, do a monthly donation. Um, Any little bit helps, whether it's $5 a month or $20 a month. Whatever the amount is, um, you can sponsor an animal. We are 100% volunteer-owned and operated. We are. Um, And so you can volunteer. If you live in the area and you want to help out the animals directly, you can come out and do a volunteer shift. If you don't live in the area and you want to come to the farm sanctuary, uh, spring, summer, and fall, you can stay at the farm, see what it's like. Yes. That 100% of the money that we raise from the Airbnb does go right back to the farm. 100%. If you live on the other side of the planet, we are always looking for people to help. Help. We we just got we're redoing our board. We're gonna reconstruct um, our uh, um, uh, just how we're structuring things, yeah, just the, so the, we the, can the, help the board itself. Yeah, and it, it's gonna be Paul has has got some awesome ideas of organizing it, but it comes down to he he's gonna be in charge of uh, I forget what his he had a great title janitorial of internet i think it was but something like that yeah <laughs> long story short he he it would be great if we could get 15 people that could help him you know somebody buys a t-shirt we get that t-shirt sent out somebody donates to us mm-hmm. we get them a thank you so we're always looking for people from anywhere in the world that can help him he's so technology savvy he'll yeah, he's he gotten some great ideas, and yeah, so you can remotely help us. Um, in if if you're not able to um, help out monetarily, and you still want to help, but you don't mm-hmm. live in the area, you can absolutely help us because, um, yeah, if you if you're good with computers, if you're good with um, marketing, if any of those accounting, things, we've accounting. got Paul's wife Jenna is going to do help help me out. 
take over mm-hmm. the financial aspect of it, which is excellent. But I'm sure if you said you would really love to help with accounting, I'm sure she would be more than happy to to have that yeah, assistance. Have and, because she's actually not an accountant. She's <laughs> she's good with finances, but um, that and that's what she's um, done for a living. So. Um, but yeah, there's there's so many ways you can help. Um, like us on Facebook, share our posts, mm-hmm. do yeah. all those things, raise awareness, and 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 if that's still not something that you know you can do, find a local sanctuary that if you want to help out physically, um, and if you want to help out both, if you want to help out multiple sanctuaries, there's so many of them, and there's so many animals in need. I would preface um, that. Big Farm Sanctuary, Gene Bauer. Mm-hmm. I love him. The guy is my, you know, hero. But um, did I just hear our little guy cry? I think possibly. Do let's, I have... All right, let's sum it up. Long story all short, right. Gene Bauer doesn't need, he's pulling in $20 million a year. So <laughs> give to your local farm sanctuary and let the... Uh, the, the big wigs give to him. Yeah, they yeah they do, and and you hate to sound it. We're not bitter at all, but they yeah help your local farm sanctuaries because we are the ones that really usually need the the monetary assistance the most. And um, we got to wrap this up. So yes, we do. Awake. And I just want to say thank you to the Yichin Quartet yes. for the opening song and possibly closing song. Um, and also all of our wonderful volunteers. I, I never want to uh, forget them. Without them, oh my gosh, we would not be here. We would not be doing what we do. Help. We would not be able to 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 be literally podcasting right now while while they're out there uh, volunteering. So yeah. That being said, thank you, thank you, thank it. you. Have a good week, world. Yeah. All right, we got to run. Bye. Bye. I try to be humble, I try to be kind You know me, I know you, and there's nothing to hide I try to be tried, I try 